Hi there, and welcome to the WorkPrints TV Talk, episode 23. I'm your host, Christian, and with me today will be the lol, and we will be recording and talking about the pilot episode of The Witcher, the latest fantasy TV series released on Netflix on December 20th, uh, which is when we're recording this. Um, the Witcher is a really cool series starring Henry Cavill, a.k.a. Superman, uh, who plays this witcher slash magic slash warrior person who feels sort of out of place in this fantasy world as we delve into his mysterious backstories and uh, some of the dilemmas happening politically and magically because it's uh, one of those types of like mixed magic sorcerer fantasy appeals uh, with lots of princesses and lots of drama. Um, and yeah, it's of, and The Witcher is as well based on the acclaimed books and video game series. And I think the original came out in like 93, so it's been around a long time. There's a lot of Witcher fans. Uh, and, and even if you don't know anything about the series, this is kind of the point of the podcast to talk about, you know, what we liked, what we didn't like, and reasons to check it out. Uh, fair warning, this episode will be full with spoilers for the pilot, but only the pilot episode. And uh, yeah, that's pretty much it. I hope you enjoy. And uh, yeah. Take care. Welcome to TV Talk, the podcast about television, over at theworkprint.com. Hi, everyone. Uh, this is Christian, and we're here to talk about The Witcher. Woo! Episode one, the pilot episode of uh, The Witcher on Netflix. Uh, I'm here with Bilal. Bilal, say hi. Hi! And uh, yeah, we're just going to shoot the shit and talk about the show. Um, spoiler alert, this is going to spoil, obviously, the pilot episode of The Witcher, which debuted as of, uh, I think, today, which is the, the 20th, I believe, yeah, of December. And uh, yeah, we're just going to share our thoughts, talk about what we thought was cool or not cool, and I guess talk about The Witcher as a whole. Um, but let me ask you, have you ever played the games or read the books for the series? So I think I've put about 80 hours into The Witcher 3 and I still haven't beat it after all these years. There's a save file on my PC just waiting for me to go back to it to finally finish, and it just... It just it's so daunting because the game, the game is so good. It's probably the game of the generation. This, uh, this console de- generation being like the Xbox One, PS4, uh, and it's either the Wii U or Switch. I don't know how, um, people are grouping that together, but it really is, um, the game of the generation. Fantastic storytelling, the wor- uh, great world building, but um, I think the most important thing to for I think gamers to remember is this is actually coming from the actual source material, which is a, a series of books from yeah. a Polish author. Uh, I believe so. Yeah. Did you know that when Obama visited Poland, they actually gave him a, the book set for the Witcher series, like as like Wait, a national you, treasure? Are you serious? Like, I, is that I, famous? Yeah, it's it, it's like held in high regard like this book series is well renowned uh and along with the author i mean it seems like it the material sounds fantastic it, it's very adult it's very contemporary uh but it, it fits the times and, and it's very adventure quest story driven but uh it, it does remind it does rem, uh, remind me a lot of game of thrones honestly I, yeah and i can see that for sure um i think my big concern ends up becoming somewhere along the lines of, like, Game of Thrones was the last big fantasy 
uh, series that we've seen, and it's just an easy comparison to make. I That's feel, true. I very much feel like Witcher is much, much different uh, than Game of Thrones, but it's just the easy go-to to describe just, like, the type of genre. People are like, it's like Game of Thrones! It's very <laughs> easy to say that, but... I think you will, people will quickly see that's not the case um, as like as quickly as episode two. Cool. Um, so one of the things that stood out for me for the show is while Game of Thrones is more political on intrigue and Lord of the Rings was uh, the expected TV show from Amazon is expected to be very much your typical, I guess, adventure quest storyline type thing. Plus, you know, I'm assuming people who watched any sort of fantasy know about the, the movies and the the six movies there are. Um, with the Witcher is a little different in the sense it's a lot more action-driven. There's a lot of fast-paced action scenes and a lot more fighting than I'm used to, which I kind of loved. And I don't know if that's only the pilot episode or if it continues throughout the series. I hope it continues throughout the series. Uh, Bilal, what were your thoughts on some of the action sequences for this? So there's a big battle. F- uh, there's one big battle uh, like on a field. And I'm going to go back to Game of Thrones because it's the easy comparison to make. Like, think Battle of the Bastards type thing, but on a much smaller scale. That one I was okay with. Like, it, it shows, like, um, the bloodiness of war. Like, it, it's brutal. Like, some of the deaths are, are like, eviscerating. Like, decapitation and just yeah. people getting impaled in the eye. Um, it, it It's pretty great as a Witcher fan, uh, to see them just, like, not putting any stops in place. Is it, is it paying an homage to, think like, video games, to somebody who's played the games? Um, not sure about this particular battle. Um, okay. But what I can say is, like, that battle didn't work for me too well. Uh, a lot of... It's, it's funny, because a lot of the first episode feels like it's setting pieces. Mm-hmm. Uh, but when it comes to, like, the certain action sequences, actually, the very first one with the monster fight in the intro with the giant... Uh, I think they call it, like, Kikimura. Yeah. Yeah, that was, like, really well done. Like, I'm not sure what the show's budget is, but, like, not bad job for with the CGI on that. Um, yeah, it was it, very it's really well done. And ex- think, unexpected, too. Yeah, but, like, that action sequence at the end where it's, uh, where it's Geralt versus uh, Renfri and her men. Yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> like, I think it's, like, a single shot, but it's... And you can tell, like, the fact that Henry Cavill did his own stunts, it really, really goes the extra mile showing just how brutal Geralt is and, like, just having that conveyed properly, it put a smile on my face. Like, I think that was, like, one of the standout moments that, uh, that, from the first episode. Absolutely. That was, like, my favorite scene uh, fight sequence-wise in, in the first episode because you can see, like, this guy is really talented at what he does and it's very surprising on top of the fact that he used a force push. That was kind of funny. Yeah, so uh, they didn't really get go into a few things like, from the books and the games about the Witcher, which is uh, the Witchers are able to use, like, some spell abilities uh, that, uh, you know, in their battle. And so, like, one of them is, like, a force push. Uh, they can actually, they actually have, like, one of the mind control type thing where they can control uh, weak-minded uh, people. So Witchers uh, are Jedis, basically. Kind of. They, they can set <laughs> people on fire. They can do a push. Oh, yeah, wow. They, oh, wow. There is a lot of Jedi. I never realized it. <laughs> um, but it kind of fitting that it also comes out on the same day as Rise of the Skywalker. I think that's totally intentional. Yeah. Um, yeah, but, uh, yeah, very much so. But, like, there's also this uh, very... In the first scene, you actually see Geralt come out of the water after he fights that Kikimura, is uh, his eyes 
are like uh, I think there's like veins like black veins across his face. Yeah, and, his skin. and they're totally black yeah. in his eyes. Yeah. Yeah, and so that comes from witchers creating uh, potions that they take. Uh, and they drink that give them like enhanced abilities, different potions for different things. But it, basically, they're poisoning their bodies. But because they're doing so, they get uh, abilities that do help out. Uh, and like you see it throughout the first episode, like he's like walking around the riverbed or in the forest, picking plants and just like inspecting them. And he's like with the pedestal, just like mashing them up into some sort of concoction. Um, so it it doesn't go into too much detail about that. But it's like as a fan, as a previous fan. Like, you'll see that stuff and be like, that's cool. Uh, but I do hope the show at some point decides to explain some of this stuff uh, <laughs> to just a new viewer because it is a lot to take in. Uh, it oh, is. Yeah. But, like, I'm just, I'm so compelled by the action and the fight sequences. Plus, I really dug this this pilot episode. It was it was very uh, not traditional in your storytelling um, with the, yeah, there's this quest of this mysterious princess who might be this harbinger of what is going to be the apocalypse we're assuming um but it also paralleled with renfrey and that sorcerer storyline which i'd like to talk about if you if you could yeah and so uh so i've only played the witcher 3 so there's like witcher 1 witcher 2 so there's like this giant backstory i never really heard about Uh, but in witcher 3 he is referred to as the Butcher of Blaviken, and, like, it's this title that gets carried around, people call him, repeatedly call him that, and, like, it wasn't until this pilot episode that, where I finally learned where he got that name from, because he arrives in this town of Blaviken, and, uh, um, you know, comes, after he kills the Kikimura, arrives to this tavern, and, you know, gets introduced to this sorcerer who wants him to fight Renfri. Yeah. Um, And so, leading into eventually coming to this title um but like yeah well, what did you enjoy about this particular storyline well it was interesting because um you know he go he goes to the town because of like i think he just needs a job and uh marilka that that young girl who very much seems like she like likes him is like a fan of his because he's kind of an outcast in this ultimate warrior type thing uh he's going along with this this quest this basic you know oh adventure here's a quest uh, storyline and you know he he follows one lead to another in your traditional what's this mystery fashion and you find out about the sorcerer who really wants to kill this evil princess who's supposed to be this harbinger for the apocalypse but when you actually meet um renfrey who we actually meet earlier in the tavern who is kind of like flirting with with uh Geralt, i believe uh originally or, or like moments before um, they get along and you find out this tragic backstory and you kind of question if any of this is real or if the sorcerer is just doing this to kind of kill political enemies and kind of abuse his power. But we don't really know. And that's, that's one of the things I like about this pilot is that whole quest is very morally ambiguous. Like, you don't know who's right or wrong. And and so that is one of the best parts about what I enjoyed from the game and that I like that's coming through with the writing for this show is that a lot of times it's it's just good and bad there's a good guy there's a bad guy there's two sides to the story Mm -hmm. uh and i think what we see from Geralt is he doesn't want to choose he he doesn't want to kill a human or Mm -hmm. or or, or like you know he'd rather kill monsters he'd rather fight something like the kikimura where you know it's a threat humans have their beef 
for him, like, I think he, he gave that ultimatum to Renfri, where he was like, you can go after the sorcerer and get your revenge, but I'll just turn you into a monster. You're like, at the, after you kill him, it's like, nothing changes. All you did was kill this man. You get mm -hmm. your revenge, but you still have to live with everything that has happened. Uh, you know, he's like, just go live. Just leave this town. Don't come back to Blaviken. Just live your life. Uh, and, and then she was like, I will. And they bang, and it's all happily ever after, right? Yeah. So... <laughs> A fun, a Witcher, Witcher fun fact, uh, in the very first Witcher game, uh, you could sleep with a whole bunch of women at brothels and whatnot, and just women you can turn towns and whatever, and you get trading cards of these women. Oh, so you actually are encouraged to sleep with people. I, I, if you wanted to get 100% completion. Which just... everybody wants the 100 It's an adventure game. Of course you want the 100%. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it seems like that's translating very directly yeah. here. <laughs> you know, he did, if she had given him a training card at the end, I think I would have gotten a good chuckle out of it. Um, I mean, he but... might have taken one off. <laughs> we never, we'll never know. <laughs> just a future episode, just like him with trading cards, just like, yeah, I don't have this one. Okay, let's uh, uh, collect this one. Um, no, but I, um, yeah, but that morally ambiguous uh, storyline, because if you, if you, like at the end of the episode, like, both parties were technically in the wrong. There was no right choice to make. Uh, and that's the beauty it, about being human, right? That's, that's yeah. really compelling, yeah. Because... Like, oh, yeah, go ahead. Because the, to set it up, the, the sorcerer was... Like, believed that this eclipse happened and anyone born around the eclipse had a mutation and they were evil. Uh, they, were like a, they were like a servant of Lilith uh, who I imagine is a demon or a monster or like I'm not sure how the mythology goes over into just human um, de demonology. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, but, like, <laughs> that's what I'm just drawing a comparison to. Like, maybe he expected uh, Renfri, who was a princess, mm -hmm. uh, that was born, that he actually helped give uh, birth to uh, at, in this castle. He basically was like, you know, she's a demon, she, she needs to be taken care of. And, and that's Stragobor the Sorcerer, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah Stragobor the Sorcerer. Yeah. I couldn't remember his name. It, it's it's, a, it's a, lot, a complicated name. It's also, it's name. double shady, too, because he's living in that other sorcerer, Irian's Tower. Yes. And he's like, oh, yeah, that guy died 200 years ago. This is my tower now. And I'm like, that's kind of bullshit, isn't yeah. it? Like, if you're trying to run away and you have this weird, like, orgy thing going on at your hidden away tower... As you're trying to keep it in, it, it, there was a lot of things that were like red flags saying well, this seems like bullshit. I, I think they were, I think it was all illusion, to be honest. Okay. Uh, because uh, from what I've heard, the orgy is actually in episode five. Uh, oh. <laughs> for those wondering. <laughs> so um, they do have an orgy, that's great. Yes. Very Game of Thrones of them. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I was, uh, where was I? Oh, yeah. Uh, j just a point before I continue. Watch the show with subtitles because there's a lot of terminology thrown around. First word names, locations, and then events, and it's very hard sometimes to understand what they're saying, um, and like just grasp wrapping your uh, mind around it before they say the next thing. So at least with subtitles, you can at least quickly put a word to a phrase or like a a situation, and it helps. Um, Wholeheartedly that, that... agree. Because as I'm recapping, uh, it's taken me a lot longer because. Of the amount that yeah. I needed to be explained, because it's just it's hard to catch everything. There's a lot. There is a lot. Um, and yeah, so uh, the sorcerer Stegosaurus. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Stregobor, but I totally yeah. get it. Yeah. So, so he believes that everyone that was born underneath this eclipse, uh, it 
is mutated. They're monsters of some sort that they need to be killed. Uh, but he also believes that there's something beneficial about it. You meet Renfrey, and Renfrey's just like, dude, I was just a girl that he sent this uh, person, uh, he sent like a thug a in to follow yeah. me and kill me in the forest. Uh, and I killed him because I had to survive it. But like, she was raped, and, and, but, and she realized at that moment, like, she will do whatever it takes to survive. And because she was raped, she lost, like, I guess her t- um, town princess or princess status or something. Her, yeah, she lost yeah. her princess status. I guess her family just threw her out. And so since then, she feels like she's lost uh, this life that sh- she should have had. And she is just seeking revenge. She has her own cast of men that, like, you know, tried to attack Geralt in the beginning in, at, at the tavern, but she made him stand down. But, um, so, like, you see from both sides, it's like neither side is wrong in like what they want to do like the sorcerer is like I, I'm still like I'm, I still think he's mostly bullshit but it does turn out that she Renfrey does possess a mutation but it was like premonition and um what did he say what the other one was oh that she has the ability to swoop to woo people over yeah. to like sway them to her side and that was weird too because it's like she did technically have all those men following her and she technically did have Geralt follow or be on her side towards the end sort of sort of enough to let her survive but he could have yeah. been lying about that too yeah and I, I feel like he was actually lying about that particular thing because I think the from for me personally, I think the men followed her because she was one hell of a fighter. Cause like you see how she goes toe to toe with uh, Geralt uh, yeah. in that fight, and it's it's an amazing scene to watch. Uh, but in the end, like Geralt gets the best of her, and you know he still gives her a chance. Which give or take, what you want to say, like maybe he was under this uh, spell of this mutation, but like he did end up killing her um, because she wouldn't relent. Well, one of the things that's also disturbing about that storyline is while that's happening and they're talking about this princess with this amazing, these amazing powers, which may or may not be um, uh, Renfrey, um, we're meeting this other princess and that storyline with what's happening in her kingdom. And it's weird because you kind of find out that this princess actually has powers, which sort of implies that there might be some truth to this. Yeah. So before we fully jump over to uh, Cirilla, Cirilla, her, thank you. I couldn't yes. remember her name. Yeah. Uh, there's one last thing I want to do because I, because once the episode finished, I quickly pulled up the wiki for um, uh, the Butcher of Blaviken just to see how he got the name in like the books. Yeah. And for the most part, it, it, it straight up copies it. But uh, the one thing that they changed was when uh, um, Geralt arrives to town. It's the next day is supposed to be this big um, market day at the market. Like it's a once a year type of thing. And so everything plays out like it normally does. But the day of the attack where Geralt fights all these men, uh, Geralt basically finds out that Renfrey and her men were going to essentially slaughter each one of the townspeople until um, Stegosaurus decided to come (laughs) out of his out of hiding and face Renfrey. Oh, yeah, and he was holding the other girl hostage, too. Yes, the, so... Uh, Malachia, whatever? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, essentially, what happens is... Um, or a glove. The, the, no, the, the sorcerer decides, uh, like, he doesn't give a shit about anyone, but Geralt doesn't want innocents to die, so he slays Renfri and uh, all her men. Mm-hmm. And 
then the sorcerer kind of turns it around and is like to the same scene at the end where he gets the people against him, just calls him the butcher, and it, it plays out the same there. But I, I kind of wish they had put him in this situation where like there were a lot of innocents that were going to die. Uh, missing that particular element I think would have made that story well, a bit better. I think they made it up with Marilka because like she yeah. loved him at the beginning and then he saved her life. Like all of this was to save her life and at the end she was like, go away. Like she rejected him, and that hurt because it was all just reenacting his own past trauma with that girl that he that he saved the first time, uh, like a long time ago, uh, in his backstory. So, uh, and and a fun a uh, fun uh, tidbit: uh, Stagobor, the sorcerer, is actually played by Lars Mikkelsen. Oh, one of the Mikkelsen family members. There you go. Yeah. All right. Now on to Cirilla. Yes, that was an epic storyline I did not expect to be happening at the same time. So, what was your take on this? Because I, f- me particularly, I felt like it dragged on a little bit too long. <laughs> I was I was okay with it because like um, the entire time, because of the way that it's shot, and the uh, I think whoever the director was did an excellent job. The way that it's shot, it it very much implied, at least I thought uh, originally, that the princess was going to be. Uh, this princess here, Cirilla, right? That's her name? Mm-hmm. Um, and, but then we learned that it's actually not, and that you've already met the princess, and it's it's uh, it's Renfrey. And then you have Renfrey's storyline happening, happening simultaneously, which I, I didn't really expect, which was cool. Uh, this is from somebody who's never played the games or read the books or know anything about The Witcher. The only reason I agreed to watch this is because everybody was talking about it, and Superman was in it, so I figured, why not? Um... And, uh, yeah, when see- seeing her, this princess's storyline about her really awesome, like, grandparents and this really nice kingdom and how it seemed like everybody was pretty positive and, and like, honorable, like, almost Starkish, you know, from Game of Thrones because they, yeah. they, they seemed like good people who loved each other, who fought for the right thing, who wanted to prevent the world from ending, essentially, and protected, you know, uh, this, this, this princess slash uh, granddaughter. Um but then you know this big bad country decides to come out and kill everyone, and they're not—they're not just oh we're gonna come by and take over. They're—they're they're literally there to pretty much murder every single person there. Yeah, and it's the this nil- honorable fights and yeah, the like nil- guardian I, don't take any um, prisoners. They kill yeah. everybody in the uh, citizens. Yeah, I know it was—it was crazy. Uh, the whole that whole fight battle sequence and the and the loss of the city, obviously, but um. The, my biggest takeaway from that, though, was the princess. Obviously, yeah, she has powers, but I'm wondering if that's the princess that they implied at the beginning that was actually, like, had the evil powers that was the last daughter of, what is it, Lilith or Lilith? Lilith, mm-hmm. Lilith minus the H. Um, and, you know, maybe she's supposed to destroy the world. I don't know, but it, that's, it seems like it, that's what they're implying from a directing perspective. What, uh, what were your thoughts on the whole thing? So I... So after watching episode two... Um... I, and like looking back at episode one, I feel like episode one had to lay down a lot of groundwork, mm-hmm. uh, basically establishing Nilfgaard as this force that could just absolutely wreck a just giant empire. And uh, you could tell because their armor was black and then the good guys were white and silver. <laughs> I love how yeah. they do that in every fantasy thing. Yeah. Yeah. And they're like, they, they make a point that they're like killing, um, you know, c- civilians and citizens. They, they don't take any prisoners. Like, I'm pretty sure. Um, the town that she was from would have easily um, just surrendered if they could have. Yeah. Sintra. It does, uh, yeah. The, the, That's the city or whatever. The city yeah. is called Sintra, yeah, that uh, Cirilla is from. But she, like, lives with her grandparents uh, who watch over her. And, um, you know, they go out to face this army. 
but um, they her grandfather dies on the battlefield. The grandmother comes back mortally wounded, and you know the city becomes under siege, and you get this you know escape sequence from the city where and scenes where Cirilla like when she gets angry or angry she screams and it's kind of like a harpy yeah i was gonna say banshee but harpy is also a good yeah they're both good uh comparisons yeah and so there's there's something with her and she's told to go find Geralt of rivia by her grandmother uh and sets off with these guards who you know red shirts they get killed and she's (laughs) off by herself uh by the end of the episode she does scream at that nova guardian there's one Nelf Guardian guard that's like riding out of the city with her because she gets captured. Yeah. But she screams and like she gets away and then she screams again and like this giant rock pillar falls and like the ground literally splits. She, she creates a fissure in the earth with her powers. Yeah. Which is why, again, I think she's that crazy destiny thing that they were talking about. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, we'll see. There. So, like, when you. In Witcher 3, she is much older. Um, and like. A lot of her, um, that prophecy around, it's mostly about that prophecy around her, um, there, but that it's been a while since I can't really remember, but essentially it's like, it can decide the fate of the planet, uh, that they are on. So, yeah, and her fate is tied to Geralt, uh, in one way or another. So, you know, she needs to go find him. Which will be interesting, because I really want to see Geralt with a child. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, Alright, so we talked about the action, we talked about the plot. Um, how do you think Henry Cavill's doing as Geralt? Fantastic! Because as soon as he starts speaking, I literally thought they took voice lines from the video game and dubbed it over. Um, it is really well done. He's doing a great job, in my opinion. He That's is, awesome. He's, like, literally the video game character brought to life. Um, a lot of reviewers agree with that statement. Um, as somebody who's, again, never played the games or, or read the books, uh, it, it he just seems like this crazy badass knight-type character, but he sounds like he's trying to do his gruffiest voice impersonation of, like, the Hound or something. It's just, like, it's like Henry Cavill, but talking and, like badass word. I, 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 I can get that comparison to like if you haven't uh, like played the games but like do yourself a favor just and, and I, I recommend this to anybody like uh, if you're interested in watching a video game storyline play out like google the Witcher 3 Bloody Baron storyline and you'll get like a taste of like how good the story can be um, or like like one story that takes place in the very beginning of Witcher 3 it, it can be it, it's phenomenal and just like the vo- voice actor alone uh, the choices that uh, you can make, how di- things can play out differently, um, it's so good. I mean, Her- Henry Cavill, like, like I just, I mean, no, the story's probably like, pretty widely known by now. Like, he actually played The Witcher Three and was, he loved it. He's, he was like, I, he said, um, he played it to completion, did everything he could do in it, and he found that it was a book series. Uh, once he heard that a uh, Netflix series was going to be made, he read all the books. He told his agent to like call every day to see if he get uh, uh get the role as Carol. Um, like he threw himself into it, and like it's Henry Cavill. This guy could literally do anything he wants, and he ch- chooses to do this show. Um, so and you know it shows like that passion comes across the screen in the first episode, and I think it. And well, I think the first episode's not. It's not the greatest 
showing uh, of what the series can be. I think episode two does a bit of a better job. Really? With the, the structure. Yeah. Because um, I'm I'm sold. Like, this pilot totally okay. sold me. I'm, the, I'm loving everything about it, honestly. Yeah, so, so if, if you like this pilot, then episode two will be much better because it introduces another character um, with Yennefer, uh, who is a who is a human that is. I don't want to give too much away. Uh, so if you play the game, you know she is a witch, a uh, very powerful witch. Uh, but when we, when we first meet her in this, she is this girl that's uh, deformed, has like uh, her spine is twisted. Ooh. She has like a hunchback shoulder, uh, and. She gets her parents sell her to a witch for less than they would a pig, um, <laughs> because her pa- her father doesn't think uh, highly of her. And like you see, you get to see what the witches are up to, how magic works. But what you also get to see is like the continuation of series storyline. You get to see other races um, in the show. You get to see how uh, racism. Which, uh, I I love racism in fantasy worlds because like <laughs> it just shows the true ugliness of hu- humanity. <laughs> Your ears are too pointy. <laughs> no, it's like some serious. That beard um, is too thick. Sorry, what's up? Yeah, like, yeah. No, but like you, you, you seriously get like the the, the status class of like uh, some history between about the elves and the humans. Um, you see different races. Um, you know, not not everything that's not a humanoid is uh, considered a monster. Um, there could be like rare species as well. Um, there's a bard <laughs> that tags along with Geralt in episode two, and he is a fuckboy uh, in every <laughs> uh, potential matter. Um, but there's this comedy. Like th- the show knows when to do comedy, and it does it well, in my opinion. I'm very surprised by that statement because, like, I haven't. There wasn't much comedy in the past. Well, there is a little bit from the king, well, who was the last person I expected to be that yeah. vulgar and such. But but there's like. Uh, there's like the stuff with the roach when he's talking to his horse. Oh yeah, like, yeah, yeah Roach like, is horrible. I also I love that name Roach. Yeah. <laughs> uh yeah. So and for me, episode two flows a bit better. Uh, there's still a lot of verbiage being thrown around about events, uh, like conjunction of the spheres, which they don't they they say, but I don't know what it means. Um, but it's a big event uh, of some sort. Uh, there's a lot of stuff with magic, like I like I said put on subtitles but it episode two flows better in my opinion i'm a, like you know me i was even planning on watching the first episode and then i ended up watching the second there you go um yeah so th- there is a lot going on um and while well, episode two is better in my opinion i wish they would pump the brakes just a little bit to explain some of the stuff um so i can follow along a bit easier but i feel like game of thrones had the same issue uh, when it first started, because a lot I know a lot of people that watched the first four episodes of Game of Thrones, and we're just were like, "What?" Yeah, they're like, "What the hell is going on?" I'm like, "Well, you, if you read the books, you know, it's so this is so on and so forth." So I imagine this, this is going to be the same thing. Like, I don't I, know if you saw the Entertainment Weekly review for it's the bad, <laughs> but I like at that point I was just like, you know what? I, it's whatever. I kind of want to make my own uh, assessment. I I don't know how you can like I get it. Not everything is for everyone, but I just don't know how you can make the decision to watch two episodes, skip to five, and then write off a judgment like that. I mean, I've seen bad TV. This is not anywhere as bad no, as um, they uh, they make it out to be. Um, yeah. there, I, I think there's definitely something here. It might not be for... If you're not into fantasy, then it's definitely not for you. Oh, absolutely. Um, but here's the thing. If you're into... I think 
because it's it's a lot less it's a lot lighter than um, Dark Crystal, for instance, which I loved the original movie, but I just couldn't get through the uh, the first season because it's it's very fantasy. Um, th this seems like a lighter version of fantasy as compared to the other. Or maybe I'm just enjoying the action sequences, so it's keeping me distracted. <laughs> just, just you wait till the second episode. And I think you're gonna take that statement back. Oh, are you serious? Quite fast, yeah. Because you get magic, you get elves, you get racism. <laughs> Um, you get, you get a lot of history, like, there's a lot going on in episode two. Gotcha. Um, uh, yeah, and it's, you'll, you'll see overlaps of it, um, like, classism as well, um, you know, how, it, take the fall of, uh, Sintra, for example, like, mm -hmm. what happens to the rich in that town when everyone's a refugee, how do they treat others? There uh, are refugees, I thought everyone's just dead. Some people are, you know find ways to escape for sure oh okay yeah yeah it does look like everybody dies for sure but um, it, it does because it was like oh wow this is how you prove yeah. you're the big bad you just kill yeah. everyone yeah but um no i'm excited to hear like your thoughts after you watch the second episode and maybe once we're both done let's do a a final thought podcast sure. on this because i i think i i really like to see where both of us stand uh, I agree. We could we could aim for like a week or so, just because I'm ex. Well, that's Christmas. Uh, we'll we'll figure something out. Uh, my goal is to basically record or not record. Um, to do a recap of every single episode, listeners. So, if you want another scene by scene recap, as crazy as I did the um, the Stranger Christ Things ones. That's Christian. Please stop. Don't do this to yourself. <laughs> it'll it'll be less intense, but. Yeah. Because uh, I'm trying to keep each one 2,500 words, roughly. So it's it's shorter. Not by much, but it's shorter. <laughs> uh, but, y you know, it's oh, the, the one thing I will say about The Witcher, and this is this is mostly coming after The Mandalorian, yeah. is that I, maybe this is just not uh, exclusive to The Witcher um, in this case, and, and more shows in general. If you need a thirty-minute episode, just do a thirty-minute episode. Like, I something about the Mandalorian just being like, here's like a episode of the week type thing, and here's just a random side adventure. Like, there's thirty minutes of it, kind of works. I don't, I don't know. I just feel like there's so much TV in just like a thirty-minute episode sometimes. I, I agree right. with you, but <laughs> lately the Mandalorian episodes are hitting forty minutes. I've realized I, I'm just like, oh, you guys keep stretching the thing. And it's uh, it's funny because I still haven't seen the last two. Uh, episode of the Mandalorian, so dude, me, yeah. you, we, you and I are in the same position. I haven't seen yeah. the last two either. Yeah, yeah. but yeah. it is definitely the most watched thing, and uh, I don't want to delve into a Star Wars because we're talking fantasy here. But I don't want to talk about Star Wars because I saw Rise of Skywalker last night, and I'm seeing it again tonight. But oh, enjoy. I that doesn't sound like <laughs> an enjoyment. <laughs> that doesn't it, sound like it, a groan of of it, uh, delight. It's a Star Wars that. Okay, quick Star Wars aside. Um, <laughs> I'm not going to go on any spoilers for it's fine. Uh, Star Wars. The but 100 it's, usual it's listeners fine. we get will like this. What's yeah. up? It's fine. It's like, it's a lot of Star Wars to pack into it. I just wish JJ took a minute to let the movie breathe. Um, like, it's, it's a two and a half, I think it's almost two and a half hours long. And yeah. I it really should have been three. Like, because the two and a half hours go by fast really fast and like i could take another half hour easy i just wish they took some time to just like hey let those like 
let the music swell, let me get emotional <laughs> about something before hitting me over the head with the next great action sequence. It's like the best looking Star Wars movie I've ever seen, but that's like, that's it. I think narratively it could have used a little bit of work, but eh, you know what? Fandoms, like you're not going to get, stories are told, you can't be happy with everything. Um, just take what you can get. Yeah. And just be happy with what people give you sometimes. Oh. You can be upset. You have the right to be upset. Like, the first episode of The Witcher, not perfect, but you know what? I'm happy with what I've gotten, and it, episode two was better. Um, so, you know, fandoms, don't go crazy. Enjoy what you get, and then be proper about how you give your feedback in a nice, uh, mannerful way. That's very kind of you. And then, you know, once you do the nice thing, they'll give you director's cuts. And exactly. the extended editions. I can't wait till the um, CGI is Jar Jar Binks into uh, Rise of the Skywalker. I really hope there Jar Jar's in there somewhere. I also really hope that JJ does his typical JJ thing and add like a violin slow motion sequence, if they don't have it in the movie already, because he does that in everything that he does. Lost and Star Wars, Star Trek. What's up? Did he do it in Force Awakens? I don't. You know, I don't think he did. But that's also because there is a template for Star Wars. So I'm wondering if. He tried doing his own thing, or if he just stuck very I'm much pay, to Star Wars. I'm gonna pay attention tonight. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Actually, look, look for the the, the violin harp sequence of, and slow motion because he's he's known for doing that. Okay. Like, in everything. Every episode of Lost that was heartfelt and like needed a moment of breathing, which is what you said isn't in the movie. There's always that sequence, and then in I think the first scene in in uh, Star Trek, there's pretty much that violin heartbreaking slow motion yes. sequence when Kirk, uh, Kirk's dad is defending the ship. So. Mm-hmm. Was later Thor. Anyway, uh, we got way off topic. <laughs> but now we are of the Star Wars podcast. Yeah, Welcome basically. to uh, Star Wars: The Witcher. <laughs> Ooh, that would be a great game. Uh, also, no, that's Star Wars stuff. Why am I talking about? Okay, okay, let's end this before we get too sidetracked. <laughs> uh, I guess we gave. Oh, all right, so I'll just say it just for for keepsake. Final thoughts on The Witcher. Uh, for me, I loved it. I think it's enjoyable. I think there's plenty of action, suspense, drama, all the right beats to intrigue you enough to watch the next episode. So um, give it a chance. Yeah, uh, I agree. Uh, First episode's okay in my eyes. The action sequence at the end is phenomenal. Like, stay around for that. It'll definitely make you want to go into the second episode. Second episode, not too big on the action, but a lot of story and world building, which I think and better pacing. Uh, which works out. I think stick with this. It, it, from what I'm hearing, it definitely gets better. It just takes some time. It's only eight episodes. I don't think that's that much of a commitment. Um, so, um, two thumbs up for me. Awesome. And uh, yeah, we're both at the work print. Um, I'm Christian. I'm in a lot of these podcasts uh hosting or being a guest uh you can follow me on the workprint.com xn underscore angelus on instagram and twitter and xnangelus.com very soon uh below yeah um you guys can follow me at twitter at below underscore um neon m-i-a-n um i will try to do more stuff on the site i just work has been killing me that's Uh, fine yeah so uh for everyone, you know, Bilal is our, our Oz. He's the great and powerful, the founder slash editor-in-chief slash grand wizard. Ooh, yeah. that's probably not the right term to use. Oh, yeah, uh, yes, please, no. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. He's the, uh, I was going to say Jedi, uh, Luke Skywalker. There you go. Okay, I'll take that. There you go. Um, Space but, wizard. Um, what was I going to say? Uh, I am hoping to do Shit's Creek's uh, reviews next uh month 
when the show returns for its final season. Uh, seen the first four episodes. They're fantastic. That's your tease for now. Uh, stay tuned for that on the workprint.com. Awesome. All right. Uh, and I guess that's a wrap. Thanks, yeah. everyone. Thanks. And uh, have a good insert Witcher-related catchphrase here. I don't know one. Keep on witching. There you go. <laughs> Great one. All right. Take care, everyone.